Have you ever been tempted to give up or check out in your walk with God? Have you been at a place in life's journey where you felt overwhelmed and overshadowed by life's obstacles, setbacks, or heartaches? It could be you are at such a place right now, a place where you are hungering for hope. If so, then Hope Along the Journey podcast is a ministry of encouragement created specifically with you and others just like you in mind. And now, here is your host, Mark Cravens, to share a word of encouragement with you today. Thank you so much for listening today to Hope Along the Journey. I am your podcast host and broadcast host, Mark Cravens, and it's a delight to have you with us today. We've got a wonderful episode in store for you. I've got a lady who is going to be sharing with us, Nancy Leisure. I got that right. Last name, correct, yes. Nancy? Yeah. Yes. And uh, Nancy's got a beautiful story of God's grace and redemption. Nancy, welcome to today's episode of Hope Along the Journey. Thank you. And Thank where you. are you at right now? Tell people where you're at. I'm located in uh, North Carolina, Thomasville, North Carolina. Thomasville, North Carolina. The, uh-huh. It's kind of almost like the, the, there's a lot of... Uh, Carpet stores and stuff down there, aren't there? The factories? It is. Furniture yeah. mark. Yes, furniture. Furniture, that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. Well, Nancy, welcome to today's episode. And ladies and gentlemen, we just want to say again, we're glad to have each one of you that are listening today. And before we get into our interview with Nancy, I want to encourage all of you to take a few moments to go to our Hope Along the Journey webpage. That's hopealongthejourney.org. That's hopealongthejourney.org. And when you get to the webpage, there's going to be a little prompt that says, stay in touch. We'd love for you to give us your email so we could put you on the Hope Along the Journey newsletter. Also, please connect with us on social media. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Just simply Google my name, or if you want to, look for Hope Along the Journey on Facebook or Instagram. We would love to connect with you on those pages. Please send me an email sometime. You know, I just love to get emails occasionally from people. It, it just really encourages me. It makes me realize that people are truly listening. And that email is very easy. It's hopealongthejourney at gmail.com. Again, just at hopealongthejourney at gmail.com. Again, Nancy, we're glad to have you today and here at, for what I feel like is going to be a really wonderful time together as we hear your story of God's grace in your life. Nancy is a business owner. She's a college graduate. She holds a bachelor's degree in criminal justice and currently works in the prison system and works with recovery and mental health life coaching and uh, works with women's support groups, uh, serves the homeless and prison population. She is a wife and mother of seven, which includes, I believe you said, two adopted children. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, that's great. But your life was not this type of life many years ago, was it? You it came. Was not. You came from another totally different world. So, what I'd like to do today is to just kind of start back in the beginning, Nancy. Let you tell your story and share with us about your early life being raised there on the south side of the city of Chicago in a single parent home. So, tell us a, your story. Well, uh, my name is Nancy Leisure, as you mentioned, um, and. Yes, I was born on the west side, raised on the south side in the projects, Robert Taylor Homes, uh, with my mother. I have uh, nine brothers all together, 
um, eight by my mom. And then I have a stepbrother uh, who is younger than me. I'm the only girl out of all the boys. Um, and my mother was a single parent for a long time. Um, she did get married to my stepbrother's father. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was a great provider. He was a great guy. Um, but just growing up in the environment of gang banging and uh, drugs, mm-hmm. we all, every last one of us, had a drug addiction. Um, and just growing up the way that we did, mm-hmm. we were poor, but didn't know we were poor because my mother provided uh-huh. uh, and my stepfather as well. They did the best they could. Right. Um, I don't hold any, you know, I'm not mad about how I grew up. I'm right. I'm thankful because mm-hmm. uh, my mother still took us to church. We were, we went to um, Southern Baptist, Slowdown Missionary Baptist Church in okay. Chicago. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we did grow up knowing who God, who God was. Mm-hmm. Um, I was baptized at the age of nine. And I didn't understand all of it. I loved church, but I didn't understand who God really was. I didn't understand the love that he had for me. I didn't understand um, the death, the burial, the resurrection. I didn't understand all of that. Mm -hmm. Uh, The first scripture that I uh, recited on Easter was John 3.16. But it took me until I was 45 to understand what that scripture actually meant Uh, and to understand the love of the father Mm -hmm. and to love myself uh, the way that he wanted me to, or the, to know myself even Mm -hmm. uh, the way he wanted me to, Mm -hmm. Uh, we did um, have a break in church. We stopped going to church as we got older because mom didn't make us go to church anymore. Right. Because mom was, my mother was a drinker and she was a smoker. Mm-hmm. Uh, she didn't do drugs. But it's interesting that all of us, all of her kids did. And that's Every something. last one of us. Was that just kind of like, I mean, the norm for the neighborhood and the area you grew up in that probably more than less of the people around you were involved in on some level with alcohol or drugs? It was. It was. It was the culture. Yeah. It, it really was. It was the culture of the eighties, seventies, mm-hmm. uh, and eighties. That was the culture. Yeah. Um, wow. For the neighborhood. Yeah. So. About what age do you think it was that you that you start experimenting with drugs and alcohol? It, it, what early of an age would that have been? For me, I probably was about seventeen. Um, okay. I experimented with cigarettes. Uh, give or take about fourteen. Mm-hmm. And but. Alcohol, drugs, started part about 17. Yeah. What was some um, of the fallout that you saw from that kind of life, you know, among your siblings and you? I mean, because it oftentimes alcohol and drugs is only the beginning of, you know, spiraling out and other byproducts that often come with that. What did you, yeah. what, what did that bring? What kind of pain and heartache did that bring for your, to your family? Well, it, it, it brought, dysfunction. It brought destruction. Uh, it brought being incarcerated. Uh, a lot of my brothers were in, incarcerated as well as myself. Uh, so it, it, it brought turmoil yeah. and it brought uh, hopelessness Yes, wow. uh, for a long time on this journey mm-hmm. of life. It did. 
Yeah, I could see, I could see that, you know, the, where that would lead to a sense of hopelessness for you yeah. and for those around you. And I, I think so many times, I live in Cincinnati, which uh-huh. again, and I live on the west side, which is pretty much an urban area. And, you know, on my drive home, sometimes I see the people out along the streets, lining the streets. And, you know, it just sometimes, yeah, if I'm not careful, I, I start to sense that, you know, is there any hope for th- this just appears to be so, so hopeless for these people. But I can't imagine what, on the other hand, they must be feeling, right. those people who are locked into that. Right. So when you grow up with, with dysfunction, it is your norm. It becomes your normal. Ah. So you don't even know that it is dysfunction because it's it's normal to you the yeah. way you grow up. Uh, one thing I will say about my mom is the the younger siblings. Um, she always told us that there was more outside the walls of the project. Mm, that's interesting. You know, yeah. Though she she came from Mississippi, she was. Mm-hmm. Uh, on a slave plantation, you know? Wow. So I was literally one generation from slavery. Yeah. My oldest brother, they were born on a plantation uh, yeah. in, in, down in uh, Mississippi. So it's just things of that nature. You, you don't know, like some of the things that we do on life's journey, we don't know that they are generational curses. We don't know that they can't. They didn't start with us. Yeah, um, so but true. They, but they can't stop with us. Yes. But they came from somewhere else. You know, we didn't yeah. know. I didn't understand because I never, and I regret that I never did, ask my mother questions about herself, how she grew up. Yeah. I well, learned that later in life, you know, things about her as I went on my own spiritual journey. Right. And Despite the drugs and the alcohol, in many ways, her move from Mississippi to Chicago gave you a better quality of life than probably she ever had as a child in a number of ways. Yes. So. It did. Wow. It that's did. something. So 17, so did you drop out of high school? I know later on, I think you got your GED. So did you drop out of high school around that same age as well? What, what took place in those later teen, in, your, in the next years that followed? I did. Uh, I dropped out of high school uh, in the 12th grade because, uh, you know, I was a cool kid, wanted to be a cool kid anyway. Um, (laughs) And I had failed the 12th grade, so I would have had to repeat it. But, Mm -hmm. you know, my pride. So I did. I dropped out of high school. And my reason for, you know, of my mother letting me, allowing me rather, that I was my promise to go to night school to get my GED. Gotcha. And that didn't happen because she didn't know that behind the scenes, I had already started, you know, using drugs and using alcohol. So I did. And for years, um, I did not, I ended up getting a job mm-hmm. making $3 and 35 cent an hour, but that was just really just to pay, you know, to support my own habit that right. I had mm-hmm. accumulated at that time. And then, you know, the friends that I was hang- hanging with, um, so that was, that was my day to day. And then I ended up getting in a abusive relationship, very, very bad, abusive, abusive relationship. Yes. Um, you know, and it was physically, mentally, um, sexually, um, and, and, and some things that we don't deal with from childhood, 
they literally follow us. Yes, they life. do. Yeah, they do. Don't they? Uh, and you know, as you, as you go along life's journey, you literally, it, 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 you forget certain things or put them away in a closet of your heart that you don't want, you don't want to deal with. Yeah. Wow. That's something. Well, you know, and it sounds like rather than life getting better, it seems like life just kept unraveling for you as you it moved did. on. And it is amazing, isn't it, Nancy, how our family of origin does affect us. And yeah. like you said, you know, generational curses or blessings do seem to kind of do move on. And uh, we we're, we're raised in dysfunctional situations. And like you said, I thought that was so um, great what you said. We think they're normal because we don't know anything any different. But to think that this is how families should be, this is how life should be, this is, this is how the system works for us, and, this is, and, this, and that's all there is. But I do find it fascinating that your mom kind of planted that seed in you that there's something more beyond the walls of these projects. Yeah. And uh, you never forgot that, did you? Never. Yeah. And and she she did her best to get me out of the situation mm-hmm. that I was in. Yeah. Uh, and she sent me to Florida to live with my sister-in-law. Okay. And what um, was that like to live in Florida? Did you enjoy that or what were those years like? Oh, I loved it. I loved it. I I got married and and had kids. When I went to Florida, I lived there for a number of years, about, I think, 15, 17 years. But, you know, when, when, when you are trying, still trying to do the right thing, you still, you know, when you go to a different place location-wise, you still go with you. You can't get away from you. <laughs> That's so. a, that is an excellent point. Yeah, you can't get away from you. That yeah, yeah, you can change locations. You can change jobs. Just change location. That's you're it. You're still uh, the same person, aren't you? You're still the same person because yeah. you took. I still took my same mentality, my thinking, my dysfunction mm-hmm. um, down to the to Florida because and then down there I had family. I still have family there, but. We all grew up together, right. and we still grew up in dysfunction. Right. So it didn't change. Um, it, it, you know, I I hid it a little bit better because then after getting married and then started having kids, you know, I tried. I said like that, mm-hmm. but um, again, that generation and that was our, my nephews which was the second generation. But again, we still, all, it was still drugs and alcohol. Yeah, yeah. You know, right. even in that generation, because from the generation, the first generation, mm-hmm. you the know, sins that's of the what father we, we did. Just keep on passing on down, don't they? Yeah, I've seen, we did. I've seen that in my mom, my father's family, especially. I've seen that because my father's dad was an alcoholic. And for many years until my dad became a Christian, he was an alcoholic Many of his brothers were alcoholics. Many of my cousins were drug addicts and alcoholics. And it is, it just keeps on going on, doesn't it, from generation to generation? Yeah. Until somebody says enough is enough, (laughs) you know, uh, uh, just, I mean, drug abuse, alcoholism, sexual abuse, you know, Mm -hmm. just trauma, trauma, trauma. Um, And then it it, it passes on even to the next generations because... Again, it's generational curses. So, um, so what kind of began the turnaround for you? The so turnaround was <laughs> how how did that happen? I'd love to hear about the turnaround. How did 
you eventually move out of that and and get your life back on track with Jesus. How, how did all that happen for you? It, 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 the crazy part of that is even, even me getting high, I introduced my kids to Jesus. <laughs> I still and was going something. to church because really? I, I knew, mm-hmm. I knew of him. Right. I, 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 I was just dating him. I was still playing in the world because I was just dating him. And he covered me through all my foolishness. What happened was I, I knew that my walls was caving in on me right, right. Uh, with my drug use. It was real bad. Mm-hmm. So I moved to West Virginia, Parkersburg, West Virginia, with my, me and my kids and my ex-husband. Mm-hmm. He didn't want to go, but he went anyway. But what I still was doing was running from Nancy. I still was running. I still yeah. took, you know, that mentality. All I did was switch locations. And I had an, I, I had plans of not getting high, but mm-hmm. um, when the devil <laughs> is maneuvering yes. in your life because you gave him a foothold, right. he's coming in, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and he will always bring things that you say you don't want to, especially if they're, they're negative, in the people. And that's what he did. He brought the people, the same people that it, all I did was switch locations. I switched song and dance. I switched partners. That's all I did. And that was, it, yeah. That's it, all it you was, did was switch partners, but it was the same old song and dance. Same old song and dance. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. So you were attending church and had mm-hmm. some and had your kids going to church. Mm-hmm. So when did the message of the gospel really finally break through and you began to see the light? It was a Wednesday night Bible study in in Parkersburg, West Virginia. Uh, My niece, who was one of my good high partners, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, but she was going to this church from the heart church ministries worldwide Mm -hmm. over in Bell Pre, Ohio. And she invited me to go. Mind you, the weekend before we had just got high, but she invited me to go to a Bible study. So me and two of my kids went to the Bible study. Mm -hmm. In the presence <laughs> of the Holy Spirit um, was just—it was—it was just amazing. Yeah. It, it, it still it—it yeah, it was just so amazing that yeah. God came and sat right there where I was at. Mm-hmm. Uh, the pastor was Pastor Lyles, Pastor Ronald Lyles. He's going on to be with the Lord now, but um, I knew. I knew at the time, and I rededicated my life back to Christ. And as he was praying over me, my prayer was for God to take the taste of cocaine out of my mouth. Mm -hmm. That's what, that's, 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 that's what I wanted. And he did. He did that. Praise God. That's wonderful. He did just that. And then two of my kids got, got, uh, rededicated their sales back to Christ. Wow, that's beautiful. Yeah, so that night so. was like a real turnaround. When you left there that night, besides the fact that the taste of cocaine you've been delivered from, what else What else happened that night? What did you feel in your heart that night as you went home and left there that evening? It was, it was, it was joy. Yeah. It was joy. Mm-hmm. But what I didn't know... Uh, was God showed me, okay, that's done. 
but I still had other stuff Mm -hmm. that was going on my attitude. I was still smoking cigarettes, Mm -hmm. (laughs) still drinking, you know, and every now and then still cussing. Um, So it was some other stuff that he had to dig out. Mm -hmm. He had to take care of, showed it to me, Mm -hmm. some of it, uh, but the process of all that. Yes, that's right. It was a wow factor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and then he had to move some people out my way in his way so he could do. And that would mean some family members, and he did. Yeah. Isn't that amazing he, how God yeah. began to work where Satan was bringing all these people and influence in your life? Now that you're, you've given your life again back to Christ— it, now the Holy Spirit is bringing all these other influences, removing other influences, mm-hmm. and and that process of transformation, mm-hmm. you became a new creature in Christ Jesus, didn't you? And the old things yeah. began to pass away, Yeah, and all things became new. Because Satan didn't want to let me go. <laughs> Absolutely. And I, he was fighting. <laughs> and Nancy, I really appreciate you, you sharing that, because I think I've dealt with people, work with people who said, you know, preacher, I don't want to get saved, but before I get saved, I need to do this and this and this and this. It's like, mm-hmm. and I try to tell them, no, give your heart mm-hmm. to Jesus. Let the Holy Spirit come in and he will give you the power and the guidance and wisdom to make the changes you need to make yeah. as you journey with him. Because honestly, none of us can get it all together. If we, if we have to get mm-hmm. it all together to come to Jesus, then we're never going to get to come to Jesus. You know, we yeah we have to come as we are, don't we, Nancy? Yeah, we do. Yeah, we really do. And 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 let God be God. If but we have to surrender and submit to Him and let the Holy Spirit do what He do. Right. That's uh, right. Because there's just some things that that even some stuff in us that we don't even know that needs to go. Oh, absolutely. And some people that needs to go and 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 God does that. I mean, He's the great physician. Right. He does. He does the work to our heart that needs to be done. And as the Spirit leads us, and as we read the Word of God, and as yeah. did you did you by chance notice that after you rededicated your life to Christ, that when you went to church, it was different. It was different. Yeah, all, it was it, different. it's not the same. I remember when I got saved. When I went to yeah. church, suddenly the hymns, the sermons, the scripture yeah. all took on a whole new meaning for me. It did. Yeah, the journey really began. Then the process, it yeah. took, it still took years mm-hmm. to sure. get to where I am today. But the journey began. That's um, right. I actually married him. I married him and it took on a whole new meaning. Just the, the, the journey in the search, in the seeking. Uh, and then the scripture of John 3.16, it started really coming to life <laughs> to yeah. me. Yeah. I understood it. That's neat. So that's been a few years ago that that yes. happened in your life. So bring us up to speed in the next two or three minutes. Tell us a little bit about what is Nancy doing today and how has God turned all of that? What, like Joseph said, you meant this for evil, God meant mm. it for good. How is all of that playing in to who you are and what you're doing today? Well, even, um, you know, um, Myself being on drugs, um, I was in, in in jail for a while physically, mentally, and spiritually. I was locked up. Um, but today, God has done such a work in my heart that 
um, I was able to go back into the prison system and give back. So wow. uh, we do small groups in the prison with the with That's the women. Great. I became a certified life life recovery um, and mental health coach. I'm in the process of uh, finishing that program, and we're taking that program mm-hmm. into the prison. Uh, we don't want to beat people up with the right. word of God. We want to give them. We want to give them love. We want to show them who God is from our hearts to theirs um, and come alongside them and help them. We also feed the homeless. I have a, uh, I have a women's support group, Sisters of Hope. We feed the homeless community, female and male uh, uh, shelters. Mm -hmm. Um, Also um, teaching (laughs) at the prison. That's incredible. um, I have my own business. I mean, it, it's just amazing. It, it really is amazing. Yes. Um, just what God has done. I yeah. mean, if you let him, he'll blow your mind. Praise God. He will. You got your degree in criminal justice. I mean, I so many positive things happened, haven't they, along this journey? It Praise has. God. I was once, again, physically locked up and then getting my degree in criminal justice, I end up being a lieutenant <laughs> in the jail really? system. So, yes. <laughs> so, from well, coming from being a prisoner. <laughs> to being, yeah, that's, that sounds like Joseph yeah. again, you know. He was thrown in prison. Next thing you know, he's put in charge of the prison. So, put in charge of the prison. That's, that, that's something. That's, that's, only, <laughs> that's a God thing, isn't it, Nancy? Yeah. That's a total I, God I thing. never saw none of this coming. Yeah. God is, he's amazing. He is. And so I, I, we talked a little bit about this the other day, but I just kind of want to just reiterate this again. So many times, if we give God our mess, it becomes our message. We, we give God our pain, it can become our pulpit. We give God our, our suffering and shame, and it becomes our sermon to the world. If we let God redeem the stuff in our life, even the bad stuff, it is truly amazing, isn't it, Nancy, how that yeah. all can turn around, and all of a sudden it's now like, because of that, I can reach yeah. people and connect with people and identify with people I never could have identified with before. Yeah. You know, when I was going through my the, the abuse, I, I used to ask why. I was angry. I, I used to ask why, because I know you can get me out of this. Why wouldn't you do something mm-hmm. to get me out of it? But I understand it today. The yeah. walk that I walk, I had to go the path that God took me, the way that I that He took me for this time right here, so I can help somebody else. Yeah, that's beautiful. Well, we got about one minute here, and what I'd like you to do is take about 30, 40 seconds and okay. you're pretend you're sitting in a coffee shop with somebody who is where you used to be. And they look at you and say, Nancy, I'd, lo- I'd love to turn my life around, but I have no idea where to start or what to do. What would be the first thing you, what would be one or two things you would want to tell them on turning their lives around? I, I would tell them that there is hope. I will tell them that God loves them regardless of what Amen. they have done, what the, even what they have done yesterday. God loves you more than you would ever know. And there is hope, and you can't turn Amen. your life around. It's not going to be easy, but it will be necessary for you Praise to turn God. your life around. 
Thank you, Nancy. I appreciate that, and I appreciate your your note of hope. Uh, if somebody wanted to look you up, where would they find you? Uh, how could they connect with you, Nancy? I am at Nancy Nancy at Hope Today Good Day dot com. Um, that's my webpage. I also you can reach me at Leisure Nancy zero one at gmail dot com. I'm also on Facebook as Nancy Leisure. I'm also on Facebook under Sisters of Hope. And my Beautiful. webpage for okay. um, Hope Today is coming, or Facebook page Great. is coming for that one. Well, we'll be looking forward to it, Nancy. Thank you so much you. for being Thank here you so much. on this episode of Hope Along the Journey. And thank you for listening today, friends. And as I say and mean from the depths of my heart, look to Jesus. He truly is the hope of the world. And if you look to him, he'll help you find hope along the journey. God bless you. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you would like to know more about Hope Along the Journey, or if you would like to make a donation to show your support and appreciation for this ministry, then visit our website at hopealongthejourney.org. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you'll join us again for more Hope Along the Journey.